It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I am your host, Rebecca Cressman, with Veterans Day this week. And actually, I love that someone said, you know, every day we should be keeping our vets in mind and we should be making sure that their health and well-being is at the top of their mind as well. We decided to go to Jill Atwood. She's the Director of Communications for the VA Healthcare in Salt Lake City. Jill, thank you for being here today. Hi, Rebecca. Of course. I was tickled to get your call. You know I wouldn't be anywhere else. So let's talk (laughs) veterans. Yeah, you are a veteran yourself. And when we have these annual kind of remembrances where we stop down and say, all right, let's take a deep breath and let's focus on our veterans' needs and how to support them. What are some of the things that come to your mind of, of best ways for us to support our veterans? Well, I love that you said every day is Veterans Day because it is for us. We just get, you know, amped up around this time of year. I would like folks to just take a moment and recognize the veterans that they may have in their lives because everyone knows a veteran or knows someone who, you know, knows a veteran. So they're everywhere. And the last year, year and a half have been particularly hard on our our veterans, our veterans who may be struggling with some physical disabilities or emotional disabilities. They've been forced to isolate. Uh, We haven't been able to have them in as as frequently to the medical center because of COVID. Uh, So we, we worry about those folks. We've We've had a lot of veterans go from um, being fully employed and having a roof over their head to becoming homeless. So we just recently had our homeless stand down. So we're always looking for folks to reach out and just connect with a veteran and let them know about the resources that are available. Uh, we, again, we all know a veteran in some way, shape, or form, and we are here, whether it's just for your basic health care or if we need to step it up a notch for our veterans, whether it's mental health, whether it's vocational rehab, uh, whether it's um, recreational therapy, whatever we need to do to get a veteran who might be in a funk out of that funk, that's our job. And, and and isn't that the least when, when you think about the different battles that we all face? And yes. uh, I was reminded that not every veteran served in war, but a, a veteran is someone who has served our country and any of the military um, offices and agencies and organizations that we have. Exactly. And so stopping down that you mentioned that this last year and a half has been uh, particularly difficult. And I can think mm-hmm. of news events of, you know, the the. Um, evacuation of Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. And and people use the word trigger. Uh, but mm-hmm. can we talk from your perspective and your conversations with veterans why um, international events like that can be exceptionally sensitive for veterans? Well, it was a 20-year war, and we had veterans that went once, twice, even three times. We've had veterans who, who uh, established relationships with the local people and the interpreters. Uh, we had veterans lose their lives or lose people close to them. We had veterans 
lose their their limbs. So when we saw what happened in Afghanistan, that did, that triggered a lot of our veterans. And what we mean by trigger is they need to talk to somebody. They're upset and they don't know what to do with those emotions. So we welcome any veteran to just walk in the front door if they need to talk about something, whether you're enrolled with us or not. I remember those particular news days, uh, the the video of the different Af- Afghanistan folks on the on the tarmac running alongside the plane. We had veterans literally glued to the televisions around the medical center. We had veterans walking into our um, Building 16 mental health just just needing to talk, and we had to connect with a lot of community services as well. If if we were overwhelmed and couldn't talk with with some of our veterans. Um, it's it's real. It's deep. I have a real good friend. You know, I've been here a long time, Rebecca. I've been here about 13 years, and I'm a veteran, but I don't think what I did was anything special because I've met so many people who have done so much more, and one veteran in particular. His name is um, Colonel Bruce Sperry. He's retired now, uh, but he was in Afghanistan as a medic, and um, actually just recently did a podcast with him, and he talks to me about what it's like to try to save a life and not be able to, how easy it is to take a life, but how hard it is to save a life. And um, he really impacted me. I don't think we realize uh, the, the complete chaos and trauma that some of these men and women have been through. And so if, if anything, just keep that in mind this week when you're enjoying the everyday freedoms that we take for granted. I'm glad that you share that, Jill, and it really does uh, touch our heart to think about that, that the empathy, it requires for us to stop down and just listen to some of those experiences that our veterans have had, where I think about in parenting, how we feel absolutely connected and invested and attached in our children because of the amount of time and effort and emotion we invest in them day after day. Mm -hmm. So it feels absolutely parallel that, that a veteran who has served in a land or served people or tried to save lives, that they would feel an additional connection and an additional emotional um, uh, investment and what is Absolutely. happening in the future of that country, um, the people in particular. Oh, the women uh, especially. Um, uh, you know, uh, Colonel Sperry went on to talk about what he did in terms of providing women over their health care and how he knows it's going back to, to square one and how we cannot understand uh, the philosophy over there and how human life is not valued as it is valued here. I have to tell you, these, these veterans that I work with and talk to every day and, and serve, they're some of the most selfless uh, individuals that that I've ever met, and they've chosen to either work here at the VA or, or many that come in because they want to continue to give back. And what I am particularly impressed by is some of those veterans who may be veterans of Afghanistan or Iraq or, or Vietnam, um, they're willing to do the work. They know that they've lost a piece of themselves along the way with everything that they've seen and they've and they've done. But they're not going to let that beat them. They're willing to come into the VA. They may be completely unraveled and and have hit rock bottom, but they are willing to do the work to, to fight back and um, get their lives back and, and be better for their friends, their families, their children, 
um, I've seen a lot of amazing stories over the years. And, um, yeah, this, this well, really, it's Veterans Month for me. I'm telling so many stories. I just, um, I hope everybody takes a second. Well, and, and the day reminds us that we should be taking many more days and many more seconds uh, to think about that, which you've given us. Jill Atwood is joining us. She's the Director of Communications for the VA Salt Lake City Healthcare System. Uh, you also mentioned a podcast. Uh, tell us the name of your, it's Valor. Tell me the name of it's your up, It's Upholding Valor. Okay. And, and tell us about that podcast. Well, thank you for the shameless plug. I really appreciate it. <laughs> it is a great podcast. In fact, I just did one with a veteran who just survived a double lung transplant with us in our partnership wow. with the U of U. So it's, you know, it's everything, Rebecca. It's it's basically I, I pick a topic that I know a, a veteran can benefit from or a family member of a, of a veteran, and um, I just exploit it. You know, what resources are available to our veterans? Um, you're not alone in your PTSD journey. And I bring veterans in because, you know, they don't want to hear from me. They don't want to hear from the spokesperson from the hospital. They want to hear from their peers that what the VA has to offer can make a difference. We just recently did the podcast with Bruce Sperry on Afghanistan. Um, we, we do it on PTSD. We do it on homeless veterans. Uh, we do it on our whole health program because really our, our health care system here isn't just about basic health care. I mean, we are a small city here, a small army that literally can touch every facet of a veteran's life if, if, they, if they let us. It's interesting that you would um, bring out that there's so many facets of health care, whether it be physical health care or mental health care. And I, yeah. I know my father, who was enlisted for active duty, but ended up being uh, in the reserves in the Army. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was trained in over-artillery for a bit. And he discovered at the age of 80 that the VA would help cover <laughs> some of his hearing damage. And, oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm horrified it took him that long. But, but the truth is, um, the truth is that what it spurred was this beautiful conversation where we went back in time and pulled Yay. out his military records from, mm-hmm. right, the 60s. Where were you trained, you know, and then where were you stationed? And then where, you know, and now let's take a look at your father and, and my grand. where were they? And, right. and those conversations, because this was such a pivotal part of their, of their life. Uh, and and opening the door to the story. So I think it's fantastic. I'm glad we were able to give a shameless plug to upholding (laughs) valor. (laughs) Well, veterans, veterans are so humble and they don't want to talk about themselves or their story, even if you ask them sometimes. It's not till they get up in the years when they decide, hey, maybe I need to share my story. Maybe I was a part of, of something special. And when you talk about your your 80-year-old uh, grandfather just getting benefits, we have lots of those just coming in, and we welcome that. Uh, we'd like to get the word out a little bit sooner, um, but veterans just need to see what we have for them. I, not all veterans are eligible for health care, but there's a lot of them out there that, that are. You may have some sort of injury, something that happened to you, whether you were in combat or just normal service of your country. This is all that 
you can be compensated for and, and have health care provided free of charge. So we always encourage veterans to ask that question. Don't listen to the veteran that says, oh, you don't qualify or, oh, I didn't do much. I want to I want to leave those benefits for someone who needs it more because that that's typical. We hear that a lot, but that is not what keeps the VA strong. The VA is only as strong as the veterans that that use the system. So I always encourage them to just walk in the front door and say, hey, what do I qualify for? It's interesting you would talk about the selflessness, too. Uh, you know, we used to live not too far from Killeen in Texas. And I can't remember if you did some uh, training there. Were you? Uh, I've been to Fort Hood a couple okay. times, but never any actual training there. But, yeah, Texas, a big military state. Big military uh, state, and we were uh, living right just a few miles uh, from the base there. And what was interesting uh, for me is uh, an eye-opening is that uh, it is every part of a community and every member of the family who serves when mm-hmm. a, um, a father or a mother enlists and goes. Or whether a son or a daughter enlists and is serving. Everybody shares that commonality that we're doing something for the good of all. And we live in such a a country that celebrates individuality and individual freedoms. Mm -hmm. But to me, when you talk about the word valor, uh, beyond bravery and strength, it's that that being big enough to Mm -hmm. say I'm going to be part of a larger whole that will do good. Despite my yeah yeah mm-hmm. oh I'm so sorry I cut you off no go ahead just the camaraderie uh, cannot be explained the family unit the bonds that are formed whether you've been in a combat extreme situation or you know you were in the air force for four years with with folks that you um, grew close to. No one can I- explain that bond, and you're right. It is. It's 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 the family members. It's the children. Um, it's it's something that unless you go through it, you don't quite understand. Um, I was in a small National Guard unit uh, in Arizona, and I was activated for Desert Storm. Never imagined that in in a million life, but you know, in in a million years. But you know, it it happens. You you step up. You do it. And, you know, that was, what, 30 years ago? And I haven't seen some of those folks in two decades. And it doesn't matter. You can just pick up the phone and call them and pick up exactly where you left off. You're you're right. You're part of something bigger than you. And that's really why so many veterans struggle when that part of their life is over, because they've lost that feeling about, of being a part of something bigger. They transition into civilian life, and it just doesn't feel the same. And I think that's why a lot of veterans choose to work for, for the VA because of the mission, because you can have that, that sense again. Um, but that's, again, w- where we can help veterans make that transition, because they do struggle. You go from this extraordinary environment where you're a part of something, and then you're home um, on your couch with your with your family again, the television set. It can, it can be a rough transition, but you're right that that camaraderie and that that bond cannot be explained unless you've been through it yourself. 
And, and, you know, when you're living in a town, and maybe Roy is much more similar to what I was explaining with Colleen, um, when mm-hmm. it's more common when every third or fourth home has someone oh, yeah. who is serving, we all everyone's so much more aware of, okay, somebody's gone, we're going to have to help, you know, uh, the family this way. Things yeah, are, they get it. Yeah, and, and for many people, we're not living next door to someone who's in active duty or in the guard, and we may not see it day to day, but that does not mean that they don't need our support the family that is back at home or that uh, soldier or guardsman or woman who is serving that they might need us to pick up the slack when they're giving service to our country so it's Uh, right it's that sense that they they might not be as seen and visual but gosh the need is there you know and i would argue to that point rebecca specifically here in utah because we've had so many guard and reservists leave and do one, two, three tours of duty. And for those folks, it is far more difficult coming home because they don't come home to their regular unit, their regular um, Army, Air Force life, whatever the the service may be. They come home to their family immediately. And that's where the rough transition is. And that's what everyone needs to be aware of. And when I say reach out and talk to someone, check in, I mean it because I don't know many people who don't know of a veteran in our community. And uh, so think about that. Think about a veteran. When was the last time you reached out to him or her? And what are some of those questions? It can be trickier. Like, I don't want to be, I want to be sensitive to their strength and their sense of pride. How do we open that conversation, Jill? You know, it's simple, really. You just call and you say, hey, how you doing? I've been thinking about you. It's as easy as that. And usually, whether it's in person or over the phone, usually you can you can pick up on something. And if you sense something over the phone, maybe pay a visit in person. I can tell you that just the check-in will brighten that veteran's day, and you'll never know what kind of difference it, it could have made. Um, at the same time, there may be a veteran that appears just fine. And then the next day, they're calling the veteran crisis line. Uh, to you know, for for help for someone to to talk to to talk them the, through the crisis that they're having right now. Um, we just know that VA can't do it alone. We need everybody's eyes and ears. We need everybody appreciating their services and sacrifices, but also looking out for them and maybe going the extra mile. So if you know a veteran on your street, older guy, younger guy, doesn't matter. Maybe you know a a female veteran. Um, They have their own unique challenges when they come home. Just reach out and say, hey, how are you doing? It's Veterans Day. I've I've been thinking about you. How are things going? So for those who've just joined us, this is Jill Atwood. She's the Director of Communication with Utah's uh, VA, and, and, and particularly, particular, I should say, um, the healthcare system, correct? Yes, ma'am. All right. So before I let you go, we've had, you touched on it in the beginning, we've had the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. So you have veterans that uh, need health care. You have vaccinations. You have a lot of things. Where is the door that these veterans go through to be able to get or take advantage of these health programs that you have for them? I am so glad that you asked me that. Okay, so first of all, we do have COVID vaccine initial series, and of course, we have the booster now. You do not have to be enrolled in the VA healthcare system to get that vaccine. You can literally walk in and say, I'm a veteran, and you can get that vaccine. Now, for our veterans who need the boosters, you need to call and schedule an appointment, and they know how to do that. I'm not going to bore you with, with those details. We have found 
that over the last 18 months, we do have veterans that have lost their personal insurance or lost a job and are coming to us for the first time. Like the, the light goes off. Hey, I'm a veteran. Maybe I have healthcare veterans, and that's those are the veterans we are trying to reach. So please, uh, you can you can call the main hospital line, eight zero one five eight two one five six five. Hit zero for the operator and ask for the enrollment office, or you can walk right into the enrollment office and just ask a question. You can also go to our website. It's easy to navigate. We have a brand new website, and it says enroll in healthcare. It's it's easy to start the process. If you don't ask the questions, if you don't take action and do the work, you'll never know. Is there one primary VA location for yes. the Salt Lake County area or tell me about that? Yes, Salt Lake City. So our main VA campus is the Georgie Wallen VA Medical Center. So we're at 500 Foothill Drive, right there on that curve across from the University of Utah. You can walk right in the front entrance there to the lobby, talk to our information desk and say, hey, where's where's enrollment? Point me to enrollment. We've got tons of volunteers everywhere to help out. Or again, you can call the 801-582-1565 number and just connect with the operator and say, I need to talk to somebody about VA healthcare or COVID boosters or whatever the healthcare need might be. Well, and you mentioned volunteers before I let you go, Jill. Uh, <laughs> you know how the holidays are. You've worked uh, yes. in radio and television and, and during the holidays, you know that there will be people saying, what can I do for veterans? Are there projects that volunteers can go to the VA in Salt Lake City and participate in to help boost the holidays for the vets and for the VA? Well, we are always looking for donations. It doesn't have to be Veterans Day for donations. Um, Warm clothing, uh, warm socks, blankets, jackets are critical right now. We make sure that we get those to our homeless veterans. Um, We're actually um, trying to feed as many veterans as we can this month, thanks to to Ken Garf. So I'm going to give a a shout-out to them. Um, I would just encourage you to attend... Uh, of, of, you know, some sort of Veterans Day celebration happening throughout throughout the month. Um, The big thing, though, is donations here at at the medical center. Any little bit helps, and if you're not sure what to donate, we can always accept a monetary donation. Wonderful. And Jill, where are we going to be able to find your podcast? Oh, you can go to our um, VA Salt Lake City website, and you can find the podcast right there. You can also find it on on KSL Radio, and you can also find it uh, wherever you can find podcasts. I love that. Apple Podcasts. Yes, Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. All right. Jill Atwood, the Director of Communications for Utah's VA, thank you uh, not only for helping us feel like we have something we can tangibly do to help our veterans, but for also being an advocate for for veterans themselves, uh, providing the care that they need no matter what uh, challenge they are facing. Jill Atwood, thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. Thanks, Rebecca. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. 
but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.